Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of the Sky and Pante podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. What a week. What a week. We have a special edition podcast for you today. Where did we go this week? We went to the most famous restaurant in the world, some might say. McDonald's? Many might say. McDonald's in Tokyo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it was great. Wait, that's not where we went? No, but we probably will go to McDonald's here. Yeah. We've been talking about it. They have really high class McDonald's in Europe. We are still in Copenhagen. We are currently in Jason's co-working space. He's rented out um, an office and a co-working space for the month. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully our internet is better for our Facebook live And we're like, we snuck viewers. into this office. We shouldn't even be in here. No, this isn't Jason's office. Yeah. This God is some no. other office. Can't afford this. Yeah. But we went to Noma. Oh, yeah. Renee Redzepi's Noma. All right. Let's... We're good. This podcast is only about Noma. Noma only. If you don't want to hear about Noma... There might be a little Charlotte News okay. If you If you don't want to hear about Noma, um, first of all... Why wouldn't you? It was a freaking amazing experience. But to turn it off now, we're only talking about Noma, and it's going to be amazing. Okay, so let's go back in time to our first trip in Copenhagen. Well, actually, let's kind of start. When's the first time you heard of Noma, just in general? Um, probably when I first started following Anthony Bourdain. Um, he introduced me to a lot of the great restaurants through his book and TV shows. Um, so his books, but I only read the one. But um, he taught, you know, told me about Il Bulli, the yeah. very famous restaurant in Spain that's no longer open. Um, and I heard about Noma from following him as well. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think, I don't even think I knew Noma the name. I just probably read a CNN article when it came out the top restaurants in the world and I just it was like a headline that said top restaurant in the world is in Copenhagen and that's basically why we went on our trip in 2015 to Copenhagen because I was like oh they have good restaurants here because I saw this one random article (laughs) that was like the top restaurant in the world is here so we basically came to Copenhagen the first time because of Noma in yeah. a weird roundabout way. And I remember we were coming from the airport, and you mentioned that to me in the cab from the airport. Um, and I was like, oh, I forgot that restaurant's here. And we didn't even talk about it until we had gotten here. Yeah. <laughs> I had actually attempted to make a... Re- I was on the waiting list of the reservation. I remember uh, you said that. Because I tried to make a reservation like a month before, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no way. You're getting a reservation here. Um, yeah, that was right at the beginning of the time. Um, it was pre-blog. Well, no, we were it doing was. the blog, but the it, blog we was were like two months started. old. But yeah, it was in its infancy. It was a baby. Yeah, we hadn't really been to any of the big, big restaurants. We were yet. at .net. For yeah, we sure. were still at .net. Hundred percent .net at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we came the first time. Couldn't get a reservation. We came back to Copenhagen uh, last year. And Noma was closed for the whole year for renovations. So basically... Womp, womp. So basically, Rene Rizzepi, who is the chef and co-owner, he... Noma was number one in the world four years, which I think is tied for the most or one of the most with El Bulli. It might be the most. Um, but he kind of felt like the restaurant had stagnated. It was at one place that so he wanted to kind of revolutionize the whole restaurant, which is kind of a very risky move for a chef whose restaurant is already number one. Like, you're already at the top. So it kind of says something about him that he wanted to even get 
even better. Yeah, he wasn't just going to get comfortable. Yeah. He he's always trying to reinvent himself, which I think is the key to success. And they were off the list for a couple I mean not they weren't number one, rather. For yeah, two they years were number two they or number down. three. They were always top five, but yeah, yeah, they weren't number one. Yeah. Um so last year we came, it wasn't open, but they were doing a pop up actually very close to where we're sitting right now, under the bridge. And that was both of our favorite meals of the year last year. So cool. Episode four, right? We won't talk about that. Yeah, episode four of the podcast, or you can read our review on stallionpancake.com. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. So for this trip, I was like, we're going to get a reservation to Noma. So I did a bunch of research. The way the reservations work is they come out um, three times a year, and they sell out within two minutes. So you have to basically follow them on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you want need to follow them on because they'll announce the date that it's opening and the time. And or you have to be like VIP. I mean, they definitely reserve some tables for... Yeah, well, all tables, like in order for restaurants like that to take American Express, they have to open up a couple tables. So yeah, for like mortal people like us, that's how you yeah, get a reservation. Yeah, if you're just a regular Joe. If you, you can always get reservations anywhere if you know the right people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for normal people, you got to be... At the time, ready to go. So it was March 5th, four months ago. We set the alarms on our phones. Yeah, not only the alarms I had on my calendar. This was like the height of tax season too. So like I'm working frantically. And it was a 9 a.m. So we were both at work. Yes, I clearly remember like we're on the phone and I'm like, okay, go time. We start refreshing. Like 9 a.m. we start refreshing the, the reservation system. And my strategy was... I'm going to go for midweek because I think that would be less popular than a weekend. Um, and we had the whole month of July because we knew, okay, we're going to go to Europe for July. Like we might not be in Copenhagen, but we'll make a trip at least to there. So we're going to do all any day in July. So that was my strategy. The first one I clicked on. So I was the first one I clicked on was July 10th. Happened to have a reservation at five for two, clicked it, boom. $700 later, we have a reservation. Didn't check any other dates if we could have got them. You were checking at the same time and apparently didn't have any luck on anything. And I was clicking midweeks. I did not click like a Friday or a Saturday. I, I clicked midweek and actually the first time I clicked, um, one did come up like for a seating for two. I don't remember the day or the time. Yeah. Um, and then I went to like hit the next step. Like I yeah, said, okay, book. And then it was gone. And then, and then they were all gone. I couldn't even find one available for a second. So like yeah. Jason said, I wasn't fast enough. So super grateful that Jason has quick fingers. Yeah. And that's fingers. kind of, so we were kind of counting. There's about 40 seats that they have. It will on each sitting. They do two sittings a night. They Is that have, including the long table? Wasn't including the, the special table, which I think could hold 20, 24 people. They have a long table that they reserve for either large parties, like, you know, work yeah, so gatherings, can, or it can either be a communal table. Yeah, so know. I think that's where they put the students. So one cool thing is they let they have a special student pricing for a thousand kroner, which is basically like $120 roughly. And uh, you can go experience Noma as a student on this long communal table when they're not having a private party. But otherwise, there's 40 um, seats in the dining, in the dining room. Um, they do two a night. So that's uh, 80 seats roughly. 
Um, and that's it. And they do it five days a week. And the season lasts about three months. It's a little less. It's probably about two months because it just started in May, goes through June, July, and I think most of August. So three months of each season. So there's not a, a lot of supply, which kind of adds to the allure of the restaurant. So let's go back. So we're going there on Tuesday. So we walked, which was funny because at a place like this, everyone's really rich and fancy, and they certainly were all taking cabs. Yeah. So we were the only Joe Schmoes who left <laughs> and uh, came and left on our feet. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of cool. And what? so the night before, I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. Oh, I didn't know And that. I was also nervous because... A lot of times you go to these places and you've, we literally have been looking forward to this for four months. I like, you know, I've got it in the middle of tax season. (laughs) I I, like, there's not that much I have to look forward to like during the year. So this was like the thing I've been looking forward to. Don't touch me. I'm just kidding. You can touch me. Just not there. Um, (laughs) It was his head. (laughs) Uh, So like, I'm looking forward to this. I don't want to be disappointed. I didn't know you And didn't we have been to these places. Up. Like when we went to Eleven Madison Park, we were a little disappointed. I was a lot disappointed. Yeah, when we went to the French Laundry, we were disappointed. We were disappointed. So, you know, I'm so excited. I've read every single review that has been written, not only by the big people, uh, like the Jonathan Golds and New York Times and all those. I read every blogger that has been that has written a review that has taken a picture. On I scrolled the through their Noma. Instagram on the new Noma. I read everything. I was like well-informed. I tried to avoid pictures of the new vegetable menu because I wanted to be surprised. But like I was hyped and excited hyped. but nervous. So we walked there. It was a 30-minute walk from our Airbnb. And we get there and describe what happens when you show up. Well, there are two people outside... Uh, two or three, no, there's more. There's like yeah. there's like three people maybe outside, and they are greeting the guests and they are taking the names, um, so making sure that you're there and checking you in, and then they make you wait until exactly the time when you're supposed to go in, and then they let each party go in one at a time because they want to give you a personalized welcome as you you know walk yeah. down the the walkway and into the restaurant. So you, so you get there, it's kind of on like its own little island in Copenhagen. And it's like a fairy tale land when yes. you walk up, like there's just greenhouses. There's a very long, so it was, I'm going to get this wrong now, but it was in an old battery that hadn't been used for like a hundred years. It was basically an abandoned building that they built onto. Yeah. And so you're right on part of the Harbor. Yeah. So you're on this by a, a lake um, you can see the power plant in the distance. It's just like natural uh, grasses are growing up everywhere, like purposely overgrown to kind of add to the ambiance. The greenhouse is there, the test kitchen's there. Like you see everything right there. And then you have to walk down a long sidewalk to get to the main dining hall. Yeah, it looks like you're on, you know, you're just on a farm. You know, you've been in like city center Copenhagen you know, less than a half a mile before. And then when you get there, it's like this, it is, it's like a, it's like a magical farm fairy situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you walk down this thing and then they, 
the the lady kind of stops you right before the door and she's like, okay, you can open the door now. What happens when you open the door? So when you open the door, the entire staff gathers. This is a staff of 80 people. So it's not all 80, just some of them are doing other stuff, but it's at least, I mean, it felt like 60 people were waiting at the door for you. Including owner and head chef, Renee Redzepi. Yeah. And they clap as soon as you open the door. Yeah, and so like, hey. we were expecting this because we had read, yeah, about, read it. about it. But if, if you didn't know, I mean, you would just be shocked. I mean, you expect to walk up to like a host stand. And my something. biggest regret, so I had my GoPro. I bought a GoPro just for this. So we took a shit ton of pictures. I took a ton of videos, but I was too like nervous to do a video when we opened the door. Which is hilarious because Jason told me, he said... Yeah, I made her take pictures. He said, you're in charge of pictures and I'm in charge of video for this entrance portion. Yeah. I mean, pretty much for the whole night. I did pictures and he did video. But um, he said, you have to take a picture when they opened the door. Because I knew Ray, Renee Redzepi was going to be there and I wanted a picture of him. And I said, you know that's going to... One, be awkward. It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> but everyone does it. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, but, but also I said it's going to kind of ruin the experience a little bit. Because yeah. I'm, I'm the kind of person where I don't take that many pictures for yeah. that reason. I feel like it, you know, obviously a food, you know, it's part of our job now. So I do. But when I'm just walking around exploring during the day, I don't take pictures constantly because I hate that. I hate getting out of the moment to take a yeah, picture. Yeah, you want to experience And that. then, of course, I, I usually do regret it and look back and say, wow, I should have taken a picture of that. So it doesn't always, you know, work out no, in the I'm moment. So, yeah, but you... But so Jason scared me. I mean, he paid all the money. Um, oh, hi, Mr. Becker. <laughs> Jason yeah. had scared me on our Facebook Live. Sorry. Um, Jason had scared me, and he had said, you have to do this. Like, you have to take the picture. And then he didn't do it. Yeah, I was, I got, well, I was seeing the video and I was like, I just, I got so scared and we opened it. He froze. And it, was, it was so intense. When you open that and 80 people or 60 people or higher, it could have been 20. I don't know. When they're all standing, looking directly at you and clapping, like an intense moment. Very cool though. Like, um, and what was what was also cool is you took the picture. You didn't even see Renee Redzepi. So I was frozen too and nervous, but all I knew was take the picture, take the picture. So I just really quickly went up. I took a quick shot. I didn't look at it. I just took the one and then I shoved the phone back into my purse. Yeah. And luckily I had no idea that I did. No, I saw, it could I saw have been you a, taking the picture and I, and I was like, okay, you have Renee Redzepi. If it were like a half an inch off though, I would have cut off his yeah. face. Like I got a picture though, of Renee Redzepi on the right hand side of my frame. Yeah. And I saw you take this picture and I was like, oh, this is cool. You got the right picture. And then, they and then I told to you about table. it. Yeah. When we get to the table, I'm like, you know, Renee Redzepi was right there on the right and she had no idea. No idea. And I was also like, and also way to abandon me. <laughs> You didn't take the picture. <laughs> he was like, I, I did it the rest of the night though, but that is my one regret. But so basically from that moment, when you open, um, the door, it's like a freaking roller coaster ride of emotions. And it is intense for two and a half hours. Yeah. And the way I, the word I used in the, um, Jason wrote the blog post, but I edited it. And one of the words I put into the edit was the word frenetic, which is just like, yeah. it's like, it's quick and chaotic and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's in, a, in, a, in it's, the best way possible. Yeah. It's, it's like controlled chaos. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like but, you're going to the, you're, it's like you're watching your favorite scene of your favorite movie and that scene lasts for two and a half hours. So fine dining, as I'm sure a lot of you guys know, tends to be traditionally very slow. 
So you sit down and they want you to like peruse the menu for a while. You kind of look around. And one of the things that we have found is, especially when these tastings go hours long, because they sometimes do, right? Two, three hours yeah. more, even sometimes. Um, you get a little bored. Yeah. Very There's few of them. Of time by the time the end, you're like, I'm ready to leave. Yeah. I mean, it's like usually like halfway through close to dessert. You're like, I'm tired. Like, well, let's yeah. go. Um, Not this way here. We wanted to never leave. And I, so at first I felt like it was too fast because I actually wanted some time to like look around and get my yeah, bearings you were actually and like, soak slow down. it in. We're going too fast. Because um, that's how I felt at first. Because like, I mean, the first dish had come before I had even gotten my drink, my first drink. But really it was perfect because because of that, because of the way they orchestrated it, it was it was like you were on a roller coaster from the beginning till the end, and you yeah. never were bored. Of course, the drink came like you know moments during the first course, and it was all perfectly timed. But it was um, it was just ideal yeah, because there was had, just no boredom. We had twenty one courses, which sounds like a lot, but it happened so fast, and most of them were one bite, two bites. Yeah, things. I told my dad, he was like, "Oh my gosh!" But yeah, yeah it's they're like, like they're, how do you eat all that? That's impossible. Right, well, but they're like, it's like one will be like, you know, it's a flower petal. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in and, juice. But you the know thing what is, I mean? it's like, like, you can't really, they know how fast you're going to go because it's one bite, two bite things. Yeah. So it's not like you can slow down or speed up. Like they bring it to you, you eat it. Like the only way it can go slower is if you literally sit there and like don't eat it. Well, and of course now things go a little bit slower because everyone takes pictures. Yeah. And the, not just food and the restaurant is designed for pictures. It is literally, you know, they designed it uh, there, for Instagram. There's light everywhere. There's light, like, most of these restaurants you go to that are this fine dining, it's dark, you can't see anything. This is, like, there's literally, there's, um, almost every table had a light directly above, and the entire roof is almost glass, and then all, like, it's solid glass windows. Yeah, and as Chrissy Beth taught me, um, it was the best lighting for pictures, because it was overcast. With yeah. all of the natural light coming from the windows, I mean, it yeah. Could so be, the so the lights behind you. Yes, like it could not have been more perfect. They, yeah, they like they hundred percent know what they're doing, um, and and of course the interior. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So it's all it's very natural. It's lots of wood paneling and. So I was reading. There's a really good Vanity Fair article that I think was my favorite one about all the Noma stuff. I also really like Jonathan Gold's article from the LA Times. But Vanity Fair talks about like the build up to the first night and how it was just so they were over budget and they didn't quite they had to actually cancel one sitting um, because they weren't ready. So they were literally like as the first guests arrived the very first day, like they were literally vacuuming like twenty minutes before. It was so pretty crazy. crazy. But they talk about how the designer, um, everything was custom obviously made for this place, but the designer of the restaurant was trying to make it modern and Nordic, like have the old feeling of a Nordic place, but still feel modern and kind of try to balance that. And I think they did a perfect job with that. Like it felt like, it felt like this was, it felt like it was Noma. Like this is what Noma should be like. I thought they captured it perfectly. Yeah, it definitely had that Scandinavian feel. 
Um, and they have like the decor changes for the different seasons, right? So it was seafood season and then vegetable and then it will be game season. Yeah, so, so for the vegetable season, they had all the plants everywhere hanging from the ceiling, doing everything. For the seafood season, they had kelp and stuff hanging. Uh, we don't know what game season is going to be like because they haven't had that yet. We're guessing just skulls, animal skulls. <laughs> I bet there's going to be like uh, skins pelts, and maybe. stuff. Yeah, yeah. pelts. All right, you ready to get into the food? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, so... Are we going to do all of the courses? I don't think we're going to do all 21 courses. I think we should start just overview saying, you know, this was the first restaurant we've been to like this where we didn't think there was a single miss. Like, the only bite that I will say that I didn't absolutely love, and I don't think it was a miss, didn't absolutely love, there was one little flour potato bite it was like I thought was good but not great but that was literally the only one and that was and that was actually bite. the second course yeah the second course half of the second course every literally everything else every other dish and there's 21 dishes so there's a lot every juice pairing every wine you had everything was perfect it was as close to a perfect meal as I've ever had can't speak for you, but definitely agree. As I had, so let's 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 go over um, some of our favorites. Okay. So let's start with you on like the first little bites before we get to the bitter ones. What was your favorite? Well, actually, I we talked about this last night, but the I'm the only dish that I didn't love, didn't hate it, but um, the first dish was incredibly cool, and it was a really cool experience. Um, but it wasn't very. I didn't. Well, I'll explain. So they bring out um, a pot of herbs, and they have a straw sticking into the soil, which I guess is actual soil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an actual plant. Yeah, it was like actual dirt. Um, And then below the soil, they have a hot potato soup made from new potatoes, so small potatoes. Um, And it was so cool because you're supposed to stick your entire head into the plant so you can smell the herbs while you suck from the straw. So yeah. it's just a completely like full sensory experience, right? Like the herbs are touching your face and you can smell them and you can taste the soup and um, really cool idea. However, and Jason said this was not his experience. He says it was user error, but I don't know. Um, I couldn't get a lot of soup out. I tasted it, and that's pretty much it. I got enough for, yeah, like, maybe... I mean, I had, like, five or six, like, good sips. sips. See, I just had, like, maybe one sip. So, I, I'm i going to say it's user error. Yeah, maybe, and it's possible. I did not... I mean, hey, this is Noma, so the odds of me being wrong and not them are very high. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just needed to stick my straw further down. So... And I was also kind of just overwhelmed at this point. It all just happened fast. And we were the first people getting our courses, which we've never experienced at a restaurant. Um, At all of these fancy tastings we've been to, we've always had a few tables around us where they're getting the dish a couple of paces before everybody else. I mean, you know, everyone else is getting it a couple paces before us, rather. So um, to be, we were the first table to start getting dishes and pretty much kept that up all night. So... I didn't have anyone to even look around and I would see like, oh my God, how are they eating this? Are they picking it up? Are they, you know, putting their head into the table? I was like trying to get my bearings and also trying to have a little bit of my, my bubbly. So, um, that one was the first dish and really cool. Although it was probably my least favorite flavor wise. Um, from there we had these little flower bites. 
Um, One was just these salted um, flower petals, and it was in a potato tart shell. And then um, we also had like a fruit by the foot. Yeah, so this was one of my favorites. So it was basically dried, I guess not dried fruit, but compacted fruit. Like fruit leather. It looked like it was like fruit by the foot, except like fresh fruit. Yeah, it's fruit leather, but like the best, freshest you've ever had. And it was shaped like a butterfly. So it looked like a butterfly. They put little flowers on it. And it was also on a sprig of lavender. So you ate it off the lavender, almost like it was a lollipop. Yeah. And that was... That was really cool. That was really good. Talk about the pine cone in the in Yeah, the so from there, they had a dish they called seasonal pickles. Um, so they had one um, single slice of, of spear of white asparagus, and then around it, they had all of these different pickled herbs. Um, so no, you know, no cucumbers, right? Like it was like little petals and herbs, and they were all pickled and sour. Um, but the best thing in that dish was this tiny, tiny baby pine cone. I mean, it was like the size of maybe like your thumbnail. Yeah. And it had been candied and pickled. So it was slightly sour, but mostly sweet and like caramelized. And also, I mean, it was an actual pine cone. So you could yeah, kind of I mean, taste the chew of ever, the cone beneath all of that. Like and it if was. You've ever tried, have you ever tried to eat a pine cone before? I have not. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It's, it's, it's not as poppable as yeah. that. I could have eaten a bunch of those. Yeah. Um, that was so cool. That was really fun. And then while we were eating that dish, they brought out another dish, which was a little um, seaweed tartlet. And they said we were supposed to take one bite of the asparagus, then eat the seaweed tart, and then continue eating the asparagus. So I love that. I mean, it was just so planned out, even to yeah. Every single bite. They had bite a couple surprises like that. There was another one later in the meal. Um, but yeah, you'd be in the middle of eating it. And that's, I've never had that before. In the middle of eating your dish, they're like, oh yeah, do this. It's like two courses in one. So it's like firework, firework, firework. Yeah. Like stuff's happening. Like it, and, uh, a lot of times we talk about like the grand finale of fireworks during the dessert course, but this was that the whole time. Yeah. And when we were, when we were recapping after with our new Australian friends that we'll talk about in a second, uh, they, one of them is a chef and he was like, yeah, it was, it was like, you didn't even have time to think about what you were having almost. It was, everything was happening yes. so fast and sensory overload. Yeah. Cause normally during meals like this, you can sit there and be like, Oh, it wasn't my favorite or that was my favorite. You know, you can it's really... almost, it, it was designed for like, okay, you're going to have all this. And then like, you're going to think about it later. It's like when you're seeing live theater or something, yeah. you know, there's no time to reflect during, you know, you just take it all in and then yes, you can yeah, reflect That's probably later. the best way to put it. Which was great. I mean, that's how it should be. Or like you're paying sp- for the experience, yeah. not or like just watching a sports game. Like, you know, you're a yeah. high intent, like a soccer game. That's just like, you have to watch every moment. You can't like do anything. Yeah. Um, we did get a special dish. So some tables didn't get this. Uh, and we asked, and they said it's because we're family. It's because oh, only special that. friends and family get that dish. But we figured out, we think, it's because we were going quickly, um, eating too fast, I guess, which is yeah. perhaps Or it could have just been, like, some of the table, like, a lot of the bigger tables, you know, they're naturally going to go slower. Yeah. Or we were a two-person. Yeah, so I think actually most of the two-people tables did get it. Um, but it was... A whole onion that they had blackened, um, but before they blackened it, they'd filled it with things. 
Yeah, they filled it with elderflower. Horseradish. Horseradish, and then the actual onion parts. They took it out, put it back in. Yep, and then charred the whole thing. And then you just kind of opened up the middle and ate the inside out, and it was, like, soft and flavorful. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, What else do you want to talk about? We're going to have to go through every dish. Let's just do it. Fuck it. (laughs) Because every dish was just so amazing. Okay, the next one... It was a cucumber skin and parsley. So think of a grape leaf. Yeah, like a dolma. So they turned a cucumber skin into a leaf, like the same texture. Like, incredible. Um, Filled it with parsley. Just one of the coolest bites. Yeah, that one was small and light. Um, That one wasn't as memorable for me, but I... Now looking back on it, I, I did love that one. Loved it. That one doesn't stick out to me. I think it is as much as it did to you. Um, the next dish was a favorite of mine. Yeah. Both visually and taste-wise. So they brought out these two tiny um, hard-boiled quail eggs on a nest. And then kind they, of reminds me of Miriam. Yeah. Oh, too yeah. soon. <laughs> and then they topped these quail eggs with a chorizo. But of course, this is vegetable season, so there's zero meat involved. Except for one little tiny bit. Yeah. We'll get Did to we in talk about like we were there for vegetable season? Everything, hundred percent vegetables. There was yes. only there was literally no meat on there. there. Except there was some grasshopper mole, but that was the closest thing we got to meat. Wow, you just ruined my surprise. Oh, God. Uh, well, the thing I'm a little bit unclear on is like so during seafood season and meat season, do they not use any vegetables? I think they do, right? No, they do. It's just. Yeah, so, of course, so vegetable, forage. So, so vegetable season is unique, though, because you really get, like, I mean, with, you know, this had this dish had quail eggs, but honestly, everything was, like, 90% their main ingredient, like, 90% vegetables. Yeah. You know, with the meat, they're going to have vegetables, too, and with the seafood, they had vegetables, too. So it's really cool to have, you know, the one tasting where it's, like, almost all that thing. Yeah, and you have to be so revolutionary and so creative to make a whole meal out of vegetables. Um, yeah, because a lot of the stuff didn't even taste like vegetables at the end. Yeah, of it. so this quail had had a berry chorizo on top, and it legit looked like chorizo. It tasted, like it had a fruit taste, but it, it tasted like sweet, chorizo. It was sweet, but also spicy, and it had the texture of meat. I mean, they had just dried it, so it tasted just like, yeah. just like meat. And that was just one little bite you know, it was like meat and eggs. I mean, it was, you know, it was all vegetables. It's just so cool. It was so good. Um, next, we had preserved morals. Morels. Morels. Oh, God. Morals. What uh, kind of food blogger are you? Yeah. And uh, So the tiny little mushrooms, you know, the wrinkly guys, the best mushrooms, in my opinion. So this was, this was from the fermentation lab. So they mm-hmm. have a famous fermentation lab, and they're actually coming out with a book in the fall about how they've been fermenting and doing all these things and teaching people how to ferment. Um, so it's fermented morels. And what was it stuffed with? Did we ever figure out? It was some kind of an herb concoction. I don't remember. And those were delicious. The crazy thing about the menus they give you is like, you think that the menu at the end is going to tell you everything and answer all of your questions, but they always yeah, have like more questions. weird names. You know what I mean? Like they would just call that like, you know, yeah, morels. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, no, but that. like it was in a certain broth and it was filled with something. And, you know, we didn't want to take notes in addition to everything, all the other pictures and yeah. videos we were doing. And so we, we have to kind of go from memory. And like Jason said, there aren't that many people who have even posted about the vegetable season yet. Yeah, we're so. 100% the first blog to come out with. We can't find another blog season. on Instagram. You can find some posts. 
Um, and I looked through them to see if someone had described the morels, and the only ones I could find weren't even in English, so... Yeah. Who knows what they said. It's called the Translate Button Braille. I know, I should have used that. All right, the next dish was Jason's okay, favorite. This is, I think, my favorite. So they took a marigold flour, they fried it, made it like a donut, and then you dipped it in a whiskey eggnog sauce. What? Um, mind blown. They... And when you think of a marigold, like, it's not easy to fry because it's all those individual dainty petals. So they had to come up with a way to fry the whole thing. To bread it in sourdough, which is not even yeah. a really light batter. I mean, yeah, I mean sourdough is pretty heavy. And, and again, Matt, our Australian chef friend at the end, was just explaining how difficult this dish was. And like a sourdough tempura on a flour. I mean, like can you so eat it? And then you dip it into that so sauce with like the richness of the egg mm, yolks, and it was like yeah. salty that. and mm, light and crispy yeah. and mm. oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I could listen to that on repeat when you just said. Oh my god, it was god. so good. God, it was so good. And the next dish, as Jason said, I'd eat my peas more often if they had whipped cream on them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> peas, half a. Half of them were raw. Were raw. Half of them were scorched. Mm-hmm. Put whipped cream on top. Some sort of broth. It was a pea broth. Pea broth. So good. Amazing. That's so one. Oh, the next was one was raw. a highlight. So Talk it was a fruit and vegetable ceviche. So they took um, strawberries, golden raspberries, red raspberries radishes and fava beans and they made so it all sliced very thin and made a ceviche out of it so it was in this very spicy citrusy broth and it was just incredible so hi marie ev marie ev just joined our facebook live and she um, was one of our dining companions at noma under the bridge a year ago so she's our noma friend so it's really exciting to see her on there the next one, so when it came out... This, this one, might have been my second favorite. Yeah, it was definitely a favorite of mine, too. I think it was the least visually appealing. Yeah, so it literally just looked like... I mean, it still looks amazing. It was a... Yeah, it didn't look bad. But it but looks it like a, a salad It was a, a really... Yeah, salad on a cracker. It was a really heavily dressed salad. Yeah. Um, which normally tastes the best, but, you know, as you know, it doesn't always look so pretty. Um, yeah, I like my women like I like my salads. Heavily dressed. Heavily dressed. <laughs> Um, For sure. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be hard to eat. I don't know about this one. First of all, it wasn't. It, it really, like, it held up. They, they kind of warned us that it would fall apart and start breaking everywhere, but yeah. it wasn't really... No, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, the, the green stayed on the flatbread, and um, this one was called umami flatbread, and it was. It really tasted like a pizza to me. I don't know. I don't know if you felt that way. You know there was, what? like, a I cheesiness love, to the cracker. I love a mustard flavor. Yes. And immediately I was like, oh, this has like the best mustard flavor with a little bit of spice to it. And it turned out the greens were mustard greens and they put spice from their trip. So Noma did a pop-up in Tulum, Mexico last year, and they brought some of these spices back. And this was actually the first time. So Noma has been traditionally like only Scandinavian, only Scandinavian ingredients. And they kind of had, it was 98% of that, but they were okay with taking chilies and other things from their experiences around the world here from Tulum. Well, now it's, um, yeah, so exciting because it's got, you know, it still has all the Nordic elements, but it's got this Mexican yeah. flair. Um, so yeah, that one had the, the spiciness of the mustard greens. So good. So good. 
So the next one was basically one big piece of ravioli, only the ravioli was made with milk skin. Yeah. Like the film on that milk gets. They were able to harden it, make a ravioli. They stuffed it with Danish brie cheese, and they covered it with truffles. And they also put lavages. What else did they? It starts with an L. You said what, it. What, lovage? Lovage, yeah. Lovage was in there. Oh, was it on that it one? It was. I don't um, remember tasting any greens in that. Maybe it was a mix with the cheese. Yeah. Um, that was like the most savory bite that we had, except for the shawarma. Yeah. Um, so this was one where it was like you'd never miss the meat in this because in this, you know. Yeah, the menu. truffles on top, the brie in the middle. So it was savory. Best cheese course of life. Oh my gosh, Hands that was down. just that was everything. The next dish, they um, the apprentice that we talked to a lot of the night said that they were thinking of getting rid of this dish. Um, and we don't think that they should because it was one of it was one of my favorites actually. It's like definitely in my top three. So they made a beeswax broth and with bee pollen and all of these beautiful and flavorful flowers. Um, and then they just sprinkled bee pollen right on top and they served it in a bee, beeswax bowl. Did they make? They the, yeah, they molded the bowl out of beeswax. And you like this so much, there's a little bit of the soup in there, and you drank it straight from the cup. I did. Well, I had never... So I, lo- I love bee pollen, um, but I've always wanted it to f- taste... Like, I bought it at home, and I put it on my smoothies, and I've always wanted it to taste a little bit sweeter than it does. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a mild thing when you buy it and use it at home. But this one was so sweet, and it had this texture that was, like, just shy of gritty. It wasn't gritty, but it had like just this really, I don't often use the word mouthfeel, but I'm going to go for it. Mouthfeel. It had a mouthfeel all right. Mm -hmm. It was just delicious. Oh, yeah. What about the next one? Oh, my God. I love Uh, the next one, too. It just honestly, at this point, everything was like. It's like we're reliving it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And it gets repetitive because you're like, oh, this was so amazing. This is so amazing. But it really was. Okay. Let this blow your mind. So they made a mole, you know, the traditional Mexican sauce, you know, with cacao and chilies. They made it out of crickets and walnuts and walnuts. Yeah. Okay. Mind blown. They sprinkled that with these salty rose petals mm-hmm. and then they made almost a flan out of tofu that they covered with pumpkin seeds and then they plated the tofu on top of the mole table side. No, but the, uh, it was made out of, the tofu was pumpkin. It wasn't tofu. It was pumpkin seed. The whole tofu. Oh. Yeah. 100%. There was... 100%. I thought he said it was tofu. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So they made tofu out of the pumpkin seeds. Yeah. In, like, a, in a souffle. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That dish was had amazing textures. And it was salty. Yeah. I loved how salty the rose petals were. I literally licked the plate. Sometimes like, the flowers are just kind of there to be pretty. Um, there, not here though. The flour, I mean, not in none of these dishes, but especially that one because it was salty. Yeah, flowers are like. Flour, I mean, it really came from Noma. Like the whole trend from around the world. Yeah, like that's from so Noma. Huge Noma now. was the one who started doing they all started that. started it. And well, you yeah. get that in Charlotte now, and like none of the flowers, they're just for decoration. Yeah, nothing like, tastes like that. In Noma, like they don't put something in a dish unless. It's supposed to you be can there. taste all of the flavors of the flowers. Like if that flower has a lemony, you know, taste, you're meant to taste that. It's not just to make it yeah, colorful. They're, they're, every one of these dishes are so well thought out. Um, they have like discussions about them all. Like we were talking to the apprentice about the discussion about the beeswax. Like 
they talk about everything. Like they've thought of everything. If something's not needed on this dish, it's not there. And it's one of the geniuses of Noma. So a couple of courses prior to the main course being served, they brought out the dish that we had been excited about prior to coming and that we had read about. Um, and that was the celeriac and truffle shawarma. Yeah, so you, so Renee Redzepi wanted to make a shawarma out of vegetables. And apparently this took them a long time to perfect, but they perfected I mean, it. celeriac is like hard. Mm. It's like not good. Mm. <laughs> not when it's raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crunchy. Yeah, it takes it takes hours. And for yet them they were to able to this. put that on a spit and recreate so they the texture the and the whole, flavor of meat. Yeah, so they bring out the whole shawarma thing. It looks like it's freaking straight off of your Middle Eastern guys shawarma shack anywhere in Europe. Like, looked hundred yeah. percent like. And that's why they bring it out. So they bring out the entire thing on the spit to the table, so you can see yeah. and get that full effect of like this is what you're eating. And they yeah. slice it off in the same way you would if it were meat too. Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. And then they, so then they brought it to us plated with a little slice. Um, it had a caramelized apple. It had a little bit of greens. Some some Swiss chard and some yeah. red currants. And covered in truffle sauce. Yes, truffle sauce was like heavily poured table side so on eating, top of the. So you're eating the that. That's amazing. Then halfway through, the the chef comes. He's like, "Oh, it'd be so rude." if I didn't give you more truffle sauce and bread to mop it up in. So then, and I love that because they act like it's so spontaneous, right? Like, yeah. like they just thought of it. It's like all part of the magic and the showmanship. Yeah, so they pour all this more truffle sauce on your plate, bring out the sourdough from the baker, former head baker at Tartine in San Francisco. And they we've had out, Tartine bread. Let me tell you, this Tartine bread was the best. <laughs> yeah. It was better than the kind you and, get when you get it in San Francisco. This is the first so time. So soft. You did not finish your bread. I did not. and They I, took it away from you. I, I thought you were going to say something. I thought you were going to make a scene. I didn't. So at the time, I was actually really full, and I didn't think I could finish the bread. But, like, I was so torn. I was like, he's taking the bread. He's taking the bread. Like, yeah. I didn't know. I was so nervous. Was <laughs> but, yeah, and the butter just, I mean, it's like that here everywhere, but, of course, especially at Noma. Yeah. So then we started the dessert courses. Yeah. So the first dessert course was a play on a very famous Danish, traditional Danish dish of berries and cream. So just a light cream poured over some fresh summer berries um, and their twist was um, they used a lot of different um, herbs and flowers, but they made another fruit leather. Oh, yeah. And they filled More the fruit, fruit leather with maybe. fruit puree. Oh, yeah. So it was just like, it was almost like, dare I say, a gusher. Oh, you said it. Did you eat a lot of gushers growing oh, up? Yeah, I yeah. loved gushers. I eat them now. Oh, the best. So it was like, that, you know, leathery, like fruit by the foot, like with the berries and the cream. And it was like very light. Very light. Like a great one. Now, the next one was my favorite dish of the night. Oh. I have not stopped thinking about it. Even today, I was like, what would I do for another one of those right now? Like, what wouldn't I do? Okay. So they called it a mold pancake. So they took a tiny tortilla, small, like a little baby tortilla, and they aged it and grew mold on it the way you would with a brie cheese. So you know how brie cheese has like that fuzzy kind of mold on it? Oh, yeah. Um, and so that moldy tortilla, 
Inside, they had ice cream and a balsamic fig. And as Jason put so beautifully, it was like the fuzziness of the mold like protected your mouth from the coldness of the ice cream. It was like a mold blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. It was this so cool. This one was cool. special. This it was, was so... Special. I've never thought of anything like that. I've never considered that in my life and you know I love the idea that like you know you get a dessert and you think mold and then it just tastes like heaven I mean how crazy is that yeah so crazy so crazy now we're we're on to our last dish. so the final dessert comes out with a flourish yeah so you know our first dish they brought out the potted plant they bring you out another potted plant now but this potted plant is entirely edible like it looked legitimately like a pot like a terracotta pot but it was the outside was made of chocolate um the top was cocoa yeah it was like oreos yeah and then the middle (laughs) was elderflower cake and it had actual plants stuffed stuffed in the top and they told you that they brought out this knife they like slice it down the middle eat the cake uh we did that it was delicious yes so this like green spongy elderflower cake with this you know rose scented cream all around it with the chocolate yeah. I could have eaten. I wanted my own. That made me think of Atelier Crown where we each got our own giant coconut dessert. Yeah. And I was like as sad as I would have been if we'd only gotten one of those coconut desserts. <laughs> like I wanted my own potted plant. That's my only complaint. And what did you feel? What were your thoughts when this was over? I was sad. I, I didn't want to leave. Like like we said earlier, like normally like you're ti- I mean you're tired, you're full, you just want to lie down. Um Yes, I was full, of course. We'd eaten a lot. But first of all, normally at these restaurants, I can't finish mine. Yeah. So usually I was when it full, comes but to, I the wasn't main, super full. to the main dish, I have to ask Jason to finish it. And he hates that. And he well, gets normally mad. the thing is you eat a full meal right before that's because true. that's what you like to do. This time you didn't do that, thank God. I didn't do that. But still, even though I normally can't eat that much at once, even yeah. when I don't do that. Um, but I, yeah, wanted, I, sad, I, but I could have eaten the whole thing again. Oh, for sure. And then our our uh, waiter, our server, was like, um, how would you like to get some, you want to have some drinks in our hookah room after? And we're like... Would we ever? Uh, yeah, I would. So they bring you into this room that's adjacent to the dining area. It's a full room. Uh, it's like... The nicest lounge you've ever been to. Well, at this point, it had started lightly raining outside. Yeah. And they had the windows open, these floor-to-ceiling windows that they have in there. Um, And it was just, there was a breeze coming in. You could see and smell all the flowers outside. You could see the lake. Yeah. Um, We ordered some snops, some pear snops. They love their, they call them snaps. It's not like schnapps. It's different. I looked it up. It's like its own thing. It's a Danish drink and... It's similar to schnapps. I mean, schnapps just really means it's like very a, strong. Means though. like a kind of liqueur. It was very strong. But um, they call it snaps, like S N A P S. Snaps. Um, and so we got that. Jason got a Danish whiskey. Yeah. So we're sitting there. And they, she asked me if I wanted a blanket because I didn't have a jacket or anything. Yeah. And I got to like cozy up in this big, big, soft blanket while I was drinking my snaps, and I was like, "Holy shit! I'm in heaven. This cannot get any better." Yeah, and then, so we're sitting there. And then it did get better. And then they sit, this other young couple, who's from Australia, who we mentioned. But it turns out that Matt is one of the chefs at Attica, which is 
the best restaurant in Australia, the 20th best restaurant in the world. And then it's a big deal. his girlfriend, Alicia, Alicia is like a huge Instagram celebrity and also a cake famous person. cake baker yeah, in Australia. Melbourne. And they could not have been more nice. We talked about, like, we basically have a similar interest because he's a chef. Like, we love eating. Everybody, we talked yeah, about we love food. He went, he went to the top 50, like, the where they Bilbao, gave out the awards. The, the awards. So he was there. He was talking about all of his experiences. Um, just amazing. They're, they're the nicest people. They're going to spend three weeks in southern Spain, mm-hmm. which will be awesome. But a well-deserved vacation for both of them. Seems but what like other fine dining restaurant hard. could you go to where you actually like talk to other patrons and like get to know them? Like that doesn't happen any place else. It's happened to us twice at a Nova place. It happened at Nova Under the Bridge with Maria and yeah. Frederick. We got to meet these nice friends. Yeah, and it happened again. So like that's kind of their whole thing. Is they they want you to feel like you're in a family meal. It's not just about the food. You really yeah. did feel like you were going to a friend's house. It's just that that friend happens to be the top chef in the world. Yeah. Like and he has was, 80 people on staff. It, yeah. It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was cozy and relaxed and like the staff was smiling at you and talking to you, which is also very rare. Um, a lot of times the staff at a fine dining restaurant can be very buttoned up. Um, when we were doing our tour at the end of the back of the restaurant, every time we passed a staff member, they waved and smiled and they didn't seem at all annoyed that we were up in their space. Yeah, they like say hi because you're kind of scared. Like you don't want to disturb them. And they're like so friendly. And they're like, hey, they even were like, we're joking. They're like, this is where we keep the saw. Yeah. And, and you walk down this hallway and it's literally just all the awards they've ever won. All these famous cookbooks. Like it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you get to see how Noma lives, you know? And then the last thing we saw, we went to the test kitchen. Mm -hmm. And uh, And I saw they had some ideas for game season. So they're just starting on the game season, which starts in October. So they're starting to plan for the menu. Yeah. And what did you see on the... They had a list of ideas. Ingredients. And one of the ideas was... Reindeer penis. Oh, and you love a good reindeer penis. Heard it here penis. first, folks. Reindeer penis. We just discovered the joys of reindeer last weekend in I don't Finland. know if we had a penis, but maybe I we did. I think... Well, you had a sausage. Yeah. So a hot might, dog, I so might you have. might have had a penis. Um, but that was really cool, and they were just so generous. Like, we just were asking a million questions, and our the lovely apprentice... Yeah, I wish um, I remembered her name, because she was... I know, nicest. she told me, but yeah, I can't remember either. But she... Um, it's really cool, because she's a student... And to be, you know, to work in a fine dining restaurant as a server, you have to actually go to school for that. So she's in school to be a server at a fine dining restaurant. And the Danish government pays you a very healthy allowance every month. So what was while cool was that the, the government pays half her salary and no one pays half her salary. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a collaboration with the government and the restaurant. Well, that's like, everywhere. Though. Yeah, it's like everywhere. If you're a student and you're working, like, and I mean that's technically how it is in the U.S. Except like when you're, the only way you can get an unpaid internship is if it's for school. So there's still a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's just in general in Denmark they just they really care about their citizens. Yeah, they take care of their people. Like she was saying, like the government makes sure that she doesn't work too many hours a week and that she doesn't get overtired and yeah, you know it's just very protective. Really cool. And she was also saying that, like, the chefs try to do that for themselves, too. 
um, you know, that they Yeah, well, one big thing that's that they're really focused on is trying to have the chefs have a balance because they can go through times where they're working almost 24 hours a day. Yes. So they actually all voted and they decided during the seafood, they had a lunch. They got rid of lunch so that they could come in later. So they have two seatings um, for dinner now. And I think they extended the season a little bit longer so that they could could get the same amount of people. So uh, they really are trying. So now they can come in. What's cool is that they're letting the chef decide. Yeah, because they're there really late. You know, they're there until probably 1 a.m. Yeah. So, you know, before to be coming in early in the morning after a grueling shift like that. Yeah. They were probably really burnt out. So it's uh, it's just it was magical. It was a magical, magical experience. Um, if you get a chance to go, if you get a chance to meal. travel here, the best stock meal. the website, do exactly as Jason yeah. said, and just do everything you can. Basically, you in. plan your trip around Noma. Like, yeah. if you get a reservation at Noma, you Noma's just, not going to um, plan around you. No. <laughs> no. And it's so worth it, you but, guys. It's so worth it. Yeah, I will just say... Skip 11 Madison Park. Yeah. Um, it's the best restaurant I've ever been to. I can't it's say probably skip the best. Really it's, like, depressing been. because... Like, We've peaked. We peaked. Like, I hope... Like, I don't think that's fair. They'll be better. We haven't been to Alinea. Yeah, we haven't been to Alinea. We are going to Austria Francescata next week. Yeah, next week. So, I mean, that's going to be amazing, too. We're coming for you, Massimo. But, yeah, it's... Like I told you, it's one of the few things in life that have lived up to the hype and exceeded it. Um, The other two for me were Machu Picchu and Oktoberfest. And this was the third. And I don't get excited about things in advance like Jason does because yeah, I'm too cause worried I, about a letdown. Yeah, because I was like, are you excited about Noma? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. No, I didn't. Because I spent a bunch of money on I didn't it, say so no. I hope you're a little I excited. just said I'm not like you where I don't anticipate it as much because I don't want to be let down. I'm more yeah. freak out after. Yeah. I was definitely freaking out after. Yeah, you were. It was one of the best walks home because we had a 30-minute walk home and just reliving the memories and doing this podcast kind of made you live the yeah, memories too definitely well thank you for taking me to noma oh uh, don't don't mention it you'll get a bill later <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> um should we do some charlotte news or no i think we just skip the charlotte, Let, skip let's, the charlotte. okay let's so, save it for next well week. i think you need to say tell the people what was your favorite dish the mold pancake the mold pancake i'm gonna say i'm gonna do my top three. Oh, okay my number one was the marigold flower uh-huh my number two was the umami flatbread. Mm-hmm. And my number three was the shawarma. Wow. Okay. And, I can do mine. Okay. All right. So my number one was the mold pancake, obviously. My number two was the milk skin ravioli filled with the brie and topped with the truffles. Um... What was my, what was my third though? Actually, I'm gonna go with the marigold flowers as my third. Oh wow! I really did like those. Oh no, you know what though? No, <laughs> the mole, the cricket mole with the pumpkin uh, seed tofu. Yeah. Oh man, it was all so good. And then my other favorite part, not food related, was the Hoover Room. Yeah. I mean, that's like the best part about. I mean, it Copenhagen was it was the, the coolest restaurant. 
ever. Yeah, like the like, actual, the visuals the of the restaurant, like the space was, itself, like that's a top moment for me was too. incredible. And also your juice pairings, which we don't need to go over. Yeah, I didn't even talk but, about that I did the juice um, pairings. Really good juice pairings. Like all of them were light, but like sweet. Jason's done juice pairings before that are really heavy on the vegetables. Yeah. Um, and these but there's something wrong with being heavy on the vegetables if it's good. But that's a lot for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want like... A real spinachy tasting juice when you're having dinner. Yeah. So all of your your juices right. were great. So everything was really good. Thank you, yeah. Big Tuna. No problem. So uh, this, this is a, our pod for Sunday. Yeah. So we'll be posting this on Sunday for those of you on Facebook yeah. Live. And if you hang on on Facebook Live after we stop this, we'll answer any questions you have Ooh. for Facebook Live. Ask us anything. So ask us anything, and we will answer it live. Um, <laughs> so. Go check out our... Andrew we, uh, asked us a question. He wants to know where he can Okay, get we're going to answer the questions for Facebook Live after. That's oh, a special thing for I them. Gotcha. Uh, I will say, go to our website, skyandpancake.com, and read the review of Nova. Uh, Jason wrote up, up... We put it up based in 24 hours because I wanted... It's the first review of the vegetable season. Jason wrote this blog post, you guys, and it's informative and funny and really I've had amazing. good feedback. Good feedback. Um, so go check that out. Do our normal stuff. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Everything's at Sky and Pancake. And have a great week. And we will be back next week live in Italy where we're going to be talking about the number one, the legit number one restaurant. The current number one restaurant in the world. We're too spoiled. Like, I'm literally going to eat McDonald's tonight. Um, I eat the rest of the bag of the dill chips that people might have seen in our Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, I, I feel shame. But I didn't spend One night in Noma, next night back to hot dogs. Yeah, we're <laughs> definitely balancing it. Don't worry. All right, All right everyone have a listening. great week. Bye.